Hello, welcome to Not Dead, your survivalist guide to the modern world. This week, we're talking about a criminal case, so a police investigation in Germany that had ramifications across the world and changed the way that police practices are done globally. And so this police investigation that we're talking about today involves multiple murders, burglaries, the death of a police officer, and Nazis. Nazis? Yeah, the Nazis get involved in this one as well. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about the Phantom of Hardbron. Uh, and as well, just before I start getting into this, I want to issue an apology to the German-speaking world. I'm, I'm just going to do this once because I feel like it's going to be a lot quicker for the rest of the episode. We're going to be in Germany, France, uh, and Belgium, and a little bit of Italy for this. And I am going to mispronounce people's names. I'm going to mispronounce place names. Um, it's just going to be a real mess. And I just want to apologize right off the bat. I, I, I'm not going to do it each time that I mention a place. I'm just going to apologize now so that we can get this out of the way. I'm trying, but my ignorant British brain just won't let me speak in German. I'm sorry about it. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. All right. So Ulfa has, ex has accepted the apology on behalf of the German speaking people. So thank you. I have. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that you're here with that power. Yes. All the, all the German speakers are like, oh, thank God, Ulfa, I was going to say it, but you're here now. So great. Yeah, I, 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 take, I take full responsibility. <laughs> Okay, so this crime spree actually takes place over decades. So the earliest crime that we're going to look at is in 1993. And right. it's going to, I think this is all going to culminate, I believe it was around 2011. So quite a long time period for this to be going That's on. Eight, is that 18 years? It's approximately, yeah, around 18 years. Yeah. So oh, wow. get okay. ready. Buckle up, buddy. <clears throat> okay. Okay. <laughs> so first uh, German German town to have its name butchered. Um, Uberstein? Okay. I'm going to say Uberstein. Um, it looks like... So first bit, I'm just going to list a bunch of places and a bunch of crimes that have taken place. Um, and we're going to start picking together. So uh, essentially this is... This character is called the Phantom of Hellbrunn, but yeah. um, in the first instance, this is before they even had a nickname, they were even known, and these are just some of the crimes that took place that got them on the map and known. So in Oberstein, uh, a beautiful little German town known for its gemstones, it sounds like a place that we should actually visit, like on one of our uh, one of our lovely trips. Okay, we're we're doing another road trip. We're going back to Flensburg. We're going oh. back to Oh, Flensburg's really cool. Yeah, we should go here as well because apparently it's fa it's world famous for its gemstones, and it's okay. got a gemstone church which um, is world famous. But it's it's just this really sleepy, beautiful little German town. Like not a lot happens there. It's at, like the pictures look lovely and like. The surroundings are all beautiful. However, May However. 1993, a sweet little old lady who was 62 years old was strangled to death using the cord from one of her flower arrangements. What? And then her house was ransacked. The police scoured the, scoured the house trying to find any evidence they could but they didn't find yeah. anything other than there was DNA on a teacup. Okay. They found the DNA of, of a suspect on the teacup. And that was the only evidence they found of who this person could be. Right. Now, this DNA is going to be the thread that we take through all of this. And so, I mean, we're in the year of the pandemic. So everyone should be aware of what a, co a cotton swab is at this point. Yeah. Um, yep. you've all by now, if you've done any test, you've stuck it down, you've stuck it all over your face in every place it could be, but I'm not going to hold up my hand, not a doctor. So I'm not going to explain what, a, how DNA tests work, but essentially all you need to know is that they use cotton swabs, they swab around the house and then they're able to 
pick up different bits of information from this and one of the main things is DNA so and you can track DNA to a person so you can track right, yeah. that down to an individual person that find their DNA do not use the heritage uh, DNA or ancestry DNA tests those are all a scam they are just yeah. absolute that that's just a money pit if you want to do those do them for a laugh but it is just a money pit that you're going down don't worry about it but um, is hold up those those answers to sites isn't there also a database that's collecting your dna there there is a yeah that's the other side of those that is quite uh nasty it's like they they're collecting well it's nasty but it's also really good like this is a completely separate conversation but yeah um they check the fine print on those ancestry sites because if you send in your dna data they can keep a database and that's actually how they make their money uh like I think we mentioned this with um, oh, Robin Hood when we were when we briefly mentioned about GameStop. Um, GameStop. Yeah. Robin Hood wasn't making money on people's trading; it was collecting data, and that's the same with these ancestry websites. They collect data. Most of the time, they sell that data to researchers and scientists who are doing work about hereditary diseases and different things like that. Other times, uh, who knows? So, d yeah, do be careful with those. Um, you don't want to, you don't like, you don't want to go into the supermarket one day and see your clone stacking the shelf. Like, no one wants that. You, no you don't. That. You don't want to see like a clone of yourself doing that. It's just weird. It's just weird, guys. Yeah. <laughs> or you could see yeah. actually that that's another. Uh, that is a subject for another day. You're taking me down a rabbit hole. I'm gonna drag myself out of this rabbit hole um, because the other, yeah, the other, yeah, I'm not gonna talk about that. Sorry, I'm gonna stop in that. All right. So, so yeah, they they managed to get this DNA evidence um, from from this house in 1993. The DNA found on that um, on that teacup didn't come up again, but this was the main suspect for that case. The case went cold. Then flash forward eight years later to 2001 in Friedberg, DNA was found on the drawer in a crime scene or where there was the death of a 61 year old man. Okay. So once again, this was the only evidence. It was um, on a, a drawer in the house, in the kitchen. They found yep. this. Okay. Um, and then the DNA just started popping up quite a few places. So in Gerolstein, that's a butchered word that I'm just saying there. Okay, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, so the first one was Oberstein. Oberstein, yep. Yep. Where was the where was this? What was the second one you said? Uh, Friedberg. This is uh, so these are all um, so in terms of geography, this is southern Germany near the Black Forest um, borders. Uh, so the near the area that borders France and I think Italy is it? This is north of Frankfurt, yeah. Okay. No, I'm just I'm just I'm just made I'm just plotting. Yeah. No, no, that's I'm just good. Plotting. That's good. Yeah. Just just so I can I can keep tabs on places. Because my German my German geography is not great. No 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 that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so in Gerolstein you had this was so this is a couple of hours away drive from the first two incidents. Uh, the, the DNA was found on a heroin syringe in a playground uh, next to some woodlands. Uh, and to make this even worse, it was found was by a... a child that stood on it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. right. You hate this motherfucker now because the kids are involved. When it was yeah. little old ladies and little old men, like, whatever. But when, like, it's heroin and children... That's bad. Like, I was mean, this, what was the name of this place one more time? Um, so I'm just going to spell it out because I, I can't okay. butcher any further. G-E-R-O-L-S-T-I-E-N. Uh, Gerolstein, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, do your drugs, but be tidy afterwards. OK. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't be a nuisance to others. Yeah. Like, have your time. And then... After that, uh, it's like, as I say, so this was, so the the okay. murder of the old man was March 2001. This heroin needle was found October 2001. Uh, once again, in October 2001, there was a break-in of a caravan and 
the DNA was found on a half-eaten cookie, which is an interesting thing to leave um, on a crime in a crime scene. Okay. Um, okay. Um, right. Yeah. And then later on, 2004, uh, in Arbaz, France, there Wait. was a DNA DNA was found on a toy pistol in a gem store after it had been after there was a robbery at the gem store. So that's actually a connection to the 2000, uh, sorry, the 1993 one because of the gemstones, uh, possibly. Um, And then in Sarkenbuchen in Germany, 2006, there was a break-in, well, there was an attempted break-in. So a stone was thrown at a house. Um, The assailant was interrupted and so they didn't actually manage to follow through with the break-in, but they broke the window. Evidence on uh, DNA testing on the stone showed that the DNA matched this person. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, following this, between... uh, These are only the ones that I'm mentioning, but between 2003 and 2007, there was a whole string of different break-ins, vehicle theft, and so forth, and... This spanned the area of Germany, Austria, France, and even Belgium, um, okay. going into those areas. I just, I want to throw this to you all for, like, at, at this okay. point. Yep. So yep. you've got some evidence, like, I'm giving you some facts. Um, I, I want to try and see if you can get, like, a picture of this person. Like, if say you're the lead detective, what are you looking for, like, just with what we've given you so far? Because that's basically what they're going on, like, these... Okay. Um, they don't really have, have eyewitness statements. Like it's not like not not a lot is very clear on this. Yeah, have they from the DNA? Can they tell if it's a man or a woman? Um, I can actually. They did. Uh, they they did know if it was a man or a woman at this point. So I can tell you that if you would like to know. I mean, prejudice wise, I'm going for a man, mm-hmm. basing off the the strangulation of the old woman with the with her with the flower decoration thing she has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal. So at this point in, Mm -hmm. in time, this perpetrator was nicknamed the woman without Uh, a face. The woman without a, okay. Yeah. So from the DNA, they were able to deduce um, that this was a woman um, who was, um, who was committing the crimes. And uh, yeah. because of the lack of other evidence, uh, they were known as the woman without a face. Huh. Also, a really interesting one here with the DNA. So there was an occasion, there was an incident where um, two brothers were in an argument and one brother produced a pistol and was going to, I, it wasn't clear whether he did fire his brother or not, but all that, all that I can tell is that they were able to get the gun off this guy and they did some testing of the gun, you know, it's like to find out where's this gun been manufactured? How did it get into Germany? What's happening with this? And yeah. the woman without a face's DNA was on one of the bullets. Were they so, arguing about a woman, those brothers? What were they arguing about? I don't know what they were. It, it wasn't very clear on what they were arguing about. Like, I don't know I, I, who, um, like, when was this? This was like around like early 2000s. So um who's better linkin park or papa roach maybe that's what they were arguing about so i'm going to leave that there for a moment we're giving you some evidence i'm now going to go on to the big crime which really made this like national news in germany like it was already known it was already sort of like circulating but it would have been one of those things where i don't know it would have been page uh 17 of the newspaper like the 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 page is when you start like losing the will to read the news and you just you're just plugging through trying to get to the funny pages yeah um, i just skip to the funny pages yeah <laughs> that's basically what i do on the 25th of april 2007 in Heilbronn, germany yep. hmm. officer michelle um michelle keep i'm gonna i'm gonna get this right i'm gonna i'm doing this for germany keys Michelle Kiesvetter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Martin Arnold, both police officers um, who were part of an anti drug unit, were having a break. Mm-hmm. So I think this was around two o'clock. It was like just a, like lunchtime ish. 
Michelle's smoking a cigarette. They're both sat in their car. And yep. without warning, bam! Michelle, dead. Bam! Arnold, thought dead. Yeah. They both get shot um, in the head. Michelle dies on sight. Okay. Um, Arnold is rushed to hospital and he is able to recover. So he actually survives this attack. However, he's been shot in the head. It, like, I've not been shot in the head, but I can imagine I wouldn't have a very good memory after that. No, there, I, can, I can see that, that there might be a slight, slight impediment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Arnold's not really able to give much evidence at this time to help with the investigation. So yeah. the police um, in Heilbronn, they start doing um, DNA testing of the area, try and find out. I mean, also the gun, both their guns have been taken. The handcuffs have been taken by um, whoever this was. So they just have to see if they can find anything. Yeah. The woman without a face, her DNA is on I can't remember what it was. Like there was something that they found where there was a mat that was the only match in DNA that they were able to find. But oh, the other thing with DNA is that you do have DNA databases. So yeah, this uh, part of the reason why it was a woman without a face, and they were so stumped by this, is that there wasn't any. Uh, you have like a database of the different people that have committed crimes, and yeah. they weren't able to track this person to anything. So it was crazy that. They'd been committing crimes and especially murders since uh, 1993 up until now, and no one had arrested them. They had, they didn't have anything on this person. They thought that was absolutely mental. But um, when they found the DNA, the it just so happened to be in the car park of one of, of this police station in Hardbron. They yeah. had a unit that was looking for the woman without a face. Okay, which is really strange. So then. Um, these two teams uh, came together and they did a rebranding job because I, I quite like the name the woman without uh, the woman without a face. Yeah, I feel like this should be a spy thriller, or like you know you get like in Norway you get a lot of um, or and Sweden Sweden you get like a lot of crime fiction writers. I feel like mm -hmm. it should be one of their books. Like I feel like that's too good a name. So that's when they were dubbed. The Phantom of Heilbronn. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, now that we've got the rebrand, we've got the Phantom of Heilbronn. In total, up to this point, uh, they were able to, to connect the Phantom to 40 cases, including six what? murders. So quite a lot going on there. And at the time, they weren't able to get any other evidence. Like, I'm not going to explain what evidence on a crime scene looks like. We've all seen like some crappy show like CSI, uh, CSI or whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a freaking toaster. The toaster yeah. was the murder weapon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, and we've all played Cluedo. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to explain that. But even though they weren't... A at some of these, they were able to get other people. So they did get other people in and they started asking them and like really like grinding into them about like, who's this woman? Who is it? And like no one was budging. No one was giving up this person. They weren't they weren't even acknowledging their existence. So yeah. like the police were getting super spooked by this because like this person who had like who'd done these murders, like they were trying to build a picture of who it was at the time. So following this this murder in 2007 of the police officers, you've got January 2008, uh, a car with three dead Georgian men was found in a river and it had the Phantom's blood, uh, sorry, not blood, but it had the Phantom's DNA in the crime scene in inside the um, car. And then they were able to get the the suspect, this other suspect, Talib, um, mm. and he when he when he was questioned, he claimed that he worked alone, like he was trafficking people alone. He didn't work with anyone else. So it's like, okay, super suspicious. Um, yeah, because you know, definitely, there's no network there. No, exactly. Uh, and then later, the Fanson's blood, uh, sorry, sorry, DNA. I keep saying blood, but I mean DNA. 
um, DNA was found at several home invasion space sites, um, and including an unused swimming pool. An unused swimming pool? Yeah, this one threw me off, because I was like, so, did, I mean, I suppose what, what criminals was... want to relax as well. Yeah, but if there's an unused swimming pool, like, is, does that does that mean there's no water in it? There was just a basin. I've got no like. I'm guessing, sir. I'm guessing it was like a squat. Like it it didn't like they didn't give much evident um, information on this one, but yeah, it, like some unused swimming pool somewhere. Oh, and as well, this one's nasty. There was a um, the phantom also with within this police investigation killed a nurse in her car. Like I, I, I got, I feel sad for that one. Like even more than the yeah. old ladies, because it's a nurse. It's someone who's act, who's actively out there every day helping people. Like I just don't like that. Yeah. So, what kind of person do you reckon this phantom would be? Because like I've got what the police were going for here, but I'm just looking at you now at the moment, Alfred. Just thinking, who would you be like targeting at this point? Who do you think it could be potentially? Like as if you were to build like a profile of this person. Yeah, I mean, going through the multi, I mean, this is this is a severely deranged individual, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no morals like that's like moral. There's 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 no rhyme or reason to any of this. Yeah. If if the if the old man and the old woman at the very, very beginning of this podcast are in no way related. No, no, no. There's um, this was one of the things as well, like zero connection, like all of these crimes, there was very little to connect them like i i said about the gemstones but that is yeah. like pulling that's a that's pulling at threads um that's not really anything there so there's not really a connection between anything that's going on here yeah okay um yeah then okay so if there's no connection there i mean this this has got to be like a full-blown psychopath i mean mm, mm. the heroin needle is very suggestive yeah of, okay. a, of a certain type of person Mm -hmm. But at the same time, to have I I I I I don't want to say like a criminal mastermind, but but a dedicated employee of the month of of organized crime like that, this this is yeah, this takes things to a new level. Definitely. So at this point, the police in Germany they tested three thousand homeless women okay to try and find this person because they were like okay as you're saying with the heroin needle and also it's like all these break-ins like yeah they felt like okay that's the connection here there's a like these are too sporadic it these are crimes of desperation maybe they're being paid off to do these different crimes which is why it's so random and yeah so you think that this person is being used as a surrogate yeah, this is this was the theory that they were going with. So they tested 3000 women, mm -hmm. no matches. They then went on and extend expanded this into Austria, France and Belgium to try and see if they could find this person. And okay. it's like, once again, targeting sort of um, homeless people, homeless women to try and find this person. Nothing. If this person was was an actual like, I don't get why a hitman would be going out and doing break-ins. I don't understand that, but... Well, they, they, well, what they were thinking, I think the, the thought process was, if this person's homeless like, and they're not living on the street, then, and they're living on the street, maybe they're doing this for, and they're, if they're a drug, a drug addict, that's the reason they're on the street. Maybe they're yeah. doing these hits to pay off um, a drug debt or... Yeah whatever and and so that ties in with why there's so many home invasions uh, because they're stealing food or they're stealing whatever so they can live and then all these other like like the unused swimming pool and other home invasions that's where that's how they're staying there so that's the picture they were trying to like i mean they, they once again they're putting at threads like they're not they don't have anything solid yeah yeah and just to give you like a picture of how say the the workload that was going on here there were a hundred police just a hundred police on this one case working on it um and I think like it calculated to sixteen thousand hours of overtime 
uh, or yeah. police time working on this. Um, and an estimated 2 million euros was spent on trying to find this person. Which, I mean, 2 million euros, you might think, oh, yeah, like when there's military budgets, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's a big policing budget in Europe. That's a big German policing budget. Yeah. Um, and as well, there was a reward. Um, at the highest point, the reward for the Phantom was 400,000 euros for information, uh, for it's like information that would lead to the arrest of this person. That's, that's, that's a, a lot of money. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. I can do with a, I could do with a random uh, 400,000 euros. For snitching on your neighbor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 1984 was true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, and as well, I mentioned about, so as we're saying, like there was other evidence that they were working with because they had been able to bring other people in and there were some eyewitness statements. But what ended up happening was this only confused things because some people would say that the phantom was short, others would say the phantom was tall, others uh, occasionally masculine. Um, and this actually led to... they. They did a, a composite image of yeah, the Phantom. Yeah, composite sketch. And it was a guy. Like, it was a guy with, like, uh, like a weird, like... I don't know, they looked like they'd been a, in, a ba in a crap skate punk band. Okay. Um, basically. Um, right. That's what they looked at. And so the police then started going on, like, is this a woman in drag? or a transgender individual or I was like... actually I was actually going to ask that question now with but then again we're what 14 17 years removed from the end of this crime spree so I mean but still trans people did exist No cuz we no days. it's not 17 cuz this is around 2009 so what are we 12 Oh right years, yeah yeah 12 Sorry. years away It was it was 93 not 2003 right yeah Yeah Okay, so, yeah. So we're nine years, ten years removed. Nine, yeah, we're a decade away from this, but yeah, still, so, the the emerging of 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 trans. I mean, trans people have always been there, but their like coming into the light has been more predominant in, in yeah, past, yeah, in 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 more recent years than, than maybe back then. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, I mean yeah. definitely going with the. I mean, the other thing. I mean, talking about. Uh, some of the bias in the policing for this because one of the first instances that they were thinking of was this is a gypsy woman um so they started harassing gypsy communities um yeah. to try and find this person um which was obviously like a bias there in terms of the policing and then if we look at like then targeting trans people for this this is yet again another bias so not doing themselves many favors here um yeah as well, I do just want to, so coming back, um, we're actually at the point where we find out who the Phantom is. So we're almost at the point uh, of discovering the Phantom. Okay. So we've got lots of different evidence of who the Phantom is and of, of DNA and so forth for the Phantom. And there's two instances that led to the cracking of this case. Okay. The first one, a body of an asylum seeker who had been burned alive. Uh, this was through accident. So the asylum seeker was on his own and the house caught fire. So this, there was no, okay. nothing um, untowards about this. Um, it, there was no sort of reason to believe there was criminal activity. So it was only that one person in the space. Yeah. They tested the fingertips of this male asylum seeker and they found the phantom's DNA on the fingertips, but they okay. this this person was already known to the police because he had been trying to claim legal asylum in Germany and wasn't able to get asylum, and so he was already known. They already had data on him, and they knew when he'd come to the country. They had his paperwork, so they were going crazy because yeah. this DNA was appearing on the fingertips. But as well, it didn't appear every time. What? So sometimes they were getting this the Phantom's DNA, other times they weren't getting the Phantom's DNA. And they're like, okay, something weird's happening here. The other one 
is now this was in Austria. Okay. A group of teenagers yeah. broke into a school. Like, okay. As teenagers do, like, I don't know what I remember when I was a teenager, I wanted to break into the school on the weekend. I don't know why. I have no idea why. It's just a teenage thing. For some reason, you just want to break into this. You can't, you don't want to be in the school during school hours, but when it's not school hours, like, there's something fascinating about school. Okay. So they broke in and they found the DNA of the phantom. And so the police were like, right, we've got teenagers. We can really hammer hard on the teenagers and find out who the frick this woman is. Plus, these yeah. teenagers could be in, like, serious danger because this is a dangerous criminal. We've established that over with, yeah. like, the almost 15 years of criminal activity that they've been taking place in now. And um, the teenagers didn't know anything about this woman. Huh. Didn't know anything about her there was no woman there with them. They were like, no, it was literally us. We are the only people here. And like, obviously you've got CCTV footage and everything. And like, so with all this, the police are like, who is this person? Like where they come from? And as well, it's worth mentioning here that the German police have got restrictions or at least at this time had restrictions on how deep they could dig into DNA. Okay. And I mentioned Nazis at the beginning. This mm -hmm. is the first Nazi connection. It's because of the Nazis. It's because of eugenics. It's because of the experiments they did after the, after the loss of World War II and Germany was rebuilding itself. It put in place laws around what you can do with um, DNA and what you can do in medical terms and what information you can get from people and what information you can find out. So that's okay. what was... So all the German police were able to do at this time was determine the sex of the person through DNA. They weren't able yeah. to look into any other sort of like, uh, ethnicity or so forth um, in yeah. terms of DNA. Okay. The, Aust the Austrian police, um, who had, uh, which was in the jurisdiction of where these kids had broken into the school, they did not have the same restrictions. They were able to dig, they did have restrictions, but they could do a bit more. So yeah. they were able to find out that this woman was of Eastern European, possibly Russian descent. Okay. So they were able to get a better picture of this person. Okay. So there, it's not unlikely that the gypsy, um, gypsy theory holds up. It's not unlikely. Okay. So you, so are you think, so where are you now? Give, give me like, cause I'm about to reveal the okay. phantom so okay. give me an I idea mean, without... of what you think <sighs> i think i'm about to annoy you as well i think this is really going to annoy you <laughs> yeah do you have any more information on the testing like because you said that the the dna was there but then it goes away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so was it like I don't. I, I mean i'm i'm guessing it's like the police are using one central lab like the police lab um but then okay. it doesn't really make sense if the Austrians are, why would the Austrians be using the same German police lab? So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm throwing that out the window. Um, but I'm, I still want to ask, like, I still want to ask what tests they were running. And okay. like, right. did they expand on that? But I mean, your, your DNA of this, um, of this, you said Eastern European, I, now I don't know anything about, DNA other than then it's a building block and it's inside of us and people are messing around with it today mm -hmm. um, So I don't know what the difference between like what the room the Romanians and the gypsy people if their DNA is going to be different from that like if they, if they will have any signatures, but I mean good thing the Austrians were able to crack the case to this extent at least it does give you a better profile wasn't even the Austrians This was the German government. Oh the German government had to step in because they were like, this has gone crazy now. And it was actually government officials that did the final um, test to, to finish this. Okay. So you were thinking along the right lines when you were talking about the lab, but it wasn't the lab. It was the swabs themselves. They were all getting their swabs from the same factory. <sighs> So it was, uh, let me see if I can find this here. It, and let me see if I can pronounce it. 
Um, the <laughs> <laughs> apology accepted. Uh, the green, I think it's Greener uh, Bio. Okay. Um, so the Greener Bio Labs that was it was the DNA of one of their packers. How? Uh, well, so it was one of the packing ladies. All of the so swabs go through a a process of sterilization. Yeah. Sterilization gets rid of fungus, bacteria, um, quite a lot of things. Doesn't get rid of DNA necessarily. Okay. So it it can't. There's like certain things that it just the sterilization process just doesn't get rid of. Um, right. And so it's like some there might have been like a hair follicle, there might have been something that was left on there, or it's like deep bedded in there that it couldn't get rid of, or it sort of watered it down, so it's still in there. It's just like in the mix. So, yeah. uh, and in fact, the Greener Bio Company, when they were, because they were like being dragged over the coals for this one, and uh, the press officer came out and was like, hey, we never said, <laughs> we never said that these were about, that the DNA was gone from this. We never, th these aren't certified for what the police are using. They just assumed. They assumed this product was okay, all right? We did not do any of this. That's on you, bro. Good job. Nice I save. I know, it was so sassy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think as police officers, you would have just assumed. And when we're talking about DNA, back when we we're talking about this, like the 90s uh, into like the early 2000s, DNA was all the rage. Like this was like yeah. revolutionary. They were like, <laughs> you... You're still using fingerprint technology? Oh, oh, that's quaint. We got DNA, so yeah, you take your you take your fingerprints and your um, your interrogation methods, and uh, you leave them. We're we're going to solve all of these with our DNA, um, and so it just proved like a problem with the DNA, um, and it. Like I don't want to. I I can't really. We're not doctors, so we're not going to explain exactly how this works or what what's happening, but this because of this bungle it meant that there were i don't know what what was it at the end at least 40 cases uh were now had to be reopened because yeah. they had no idea what was going on like i mean not all of them because there were some where they had got the perpetrator so when i say about the trafficker talib they had they got the guy it was talib um and he didn't have an oh. accomplice so they were able to be like, right, it was just you working alone. So some of these, like, they were able to close, but some of the murders and other things, like, going back to, like, the little old lady in, two in 1993, they weren't yeah. able to solve that one. So that's a cold case that's still open. Like, I haven't been able to find out all of these that were closed, but I can tell you about the police officer, Michelle, who was murdered. Um, they yeah. were able to close that one. Okay. How did that end? So Arnold, um, who was the other officer who survived, mm -hmm. he slowly was able to get some of his memories back. And he was okay. able to sort of like work on this so that he would start to be able to remember some things. And it's all fuzzy, but what he does remember is a middle-aged man walking up behind the car to his side of the window, to his side of the vehicle, and remember, they were on their break, so they were just there. Michelle was having a cigarette, so their windows were rolled down. Middle-aged man walks up to his side of the window. As that happens, he notices that there's a second guy on the other side, on Michelle's side. And he remembers the last words that Michelle said. You can't get peace and quiet anywhere. And then she was shot. And so that's how she died. And... This is actually our second Nazi connection. Okay. Uh, these guys were part of the National Socialist Underground, or NSU. And they had targeted Michelle. They were able to find out about this because... Um, now, apologies. Betty Zubshap. I, I don't know. I can't. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. So, Be Betty Zubshap. She was the third member of, so there were three like main members of this organization. They had been operating since like the 90s. Um, they had, they boasted 
between 100 to 150 members, but it was these main uh, and sort of like affiliates. It was, but however, it was these the main three people that had been working together. She was the third person. The other two committed suicide after a bung, after a bungled. Um, uh, I think it was like a, a robbery or something that they tried to do. Um, yeah. And she was basically lonely. Like right, her, yeah. her friends had committed suicide. She was a oh. massive racist and so no one liked her other than other racists and who wants to hang around with them. So she then yeah. just sort of handed herself into the police and was like, yeah, like the, these are the keys to like my house. Could you like, um, let's take me to prison. I don't know what to do with my life anymore. Like, okay. and from like interviews with like people who knew her, she, she was like part of this group, but she, she was just like a follower. She wasn't really, even though she was one of the main people, she wasn't really like the ideas person. These two that no. committed suicide were the ideas people, which is why when they left, she was like, what do I do again? Like, and why she went to pr uh, prison, um, in the houses that they, cause there were multiple houses that they uh, were able to raid because of this. Uh, yeah. They managed to find, uh, oh, also the um, gun that they used to commit suicide was Michelle's gun. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so it was actually Michelle's gun that they still had from when they stole it. Um, yeah. They were able to find the other equipment around um, and as well, there were still traces of blood splatters on clothing that they had because you can like do some there's like some crazy thing that scientists can do and if there's blood on clothing it doesn't really disappear the tr the fine fine traces stay for years so yeah. they were able so i'm not saying like they might have been nazis but they did wash their clothes that's what i'm saying here okay like, yeah i don't i don't yeah. want to say they're dirty like yeah i'm just dirty minded and then I mean, something really horrific that they found there as well was a DVD with footage of uh, related to Michelle's murder. I don't know if it, they didn't explain exactly what it was. I don't know if it was exactly Michelle's murder or if it was just evidence of Michelle. So tracking her movements um, and yeah. it had like other people on this DVD as well. These, this group was particularly nasty, like, their crimes include bombings, including a Nuremberg bombing in, in 1999, uh, bank robberies, a series of murders, including at least nine immigrants that they murdered, um, right. who were, so immigrants coming into Germany. Um, and then obviously it's like murder of Michelle and the attempted murder of Arnold. Um, yeah. Why did they murder Michelle? Oh, so the reason they murdered Michelle or it's like, cause, we don't Targeted. fully know. Yeah. We don't fully know who it was. Like we don't know if it was these two guys that committed suicide or if it was one of these other affiliates. But from the DVD and from like the information they've been able to get, Michelle used to live near a bar that they used as a meeting point. Okay. And so they started to get suspicious that Michelle knew about their operation, and so they had to get rid of Michelle. Because the so other their thing, paranoia, yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. the other thing with this group, it's like they they're labeled a terrorist organization, but they didn't operate like a terrorist organization. Uh, in many ways, they did, but uh, one of the main things that terrorist organizations do is they claim responsibility for attacks. Yeah, these guys didn't claim any responsibility, so when there was an attack, they just kept stum. They wouldn't um, talk about it, which was why they were able to operate from the 90s all the way up till 2011 without being yeah. noticed or tracked. Like they were not on the radar at all. The way they were operating was in complete silence. So okay. they just wanted to create fear and disorder through these attacks that no one knew about. But yeah, absolutely no morals from them. I do just want to talk about the positives that came out of this. So obviously this is really bad because it was a completely bungled investigation. It meant that the police weren't able to close a lot of cases that they should have been able to. They weren't investigating in the right way for what they could have been doing at the time. Yeah. But this actually, I, I mentioned at the very top, this changed the way that policing operates globally. Um, the yeah. ISO, which is the International Standards Organization, mm -hmm. they um, have changed the ruling on DNA testing. 
there is now a global database of, um, of not restricted, but sort of like DNA to emit from DNA tests. And okay. these are essentially your factory workers or so like people who are likely to come into co contact with swabs. So that yeah. when you're doing a DNA test, you run it through that. And if it's one of the, if it matches to one of these, you ignore it because it's most, it's, it's just from the factory. It's not yeah. DNA that you should be looking at. And as well, yeah. um, because of this. So there's a, there is a control group that is yes. excluded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, and as well, it changed the way that police practices go so that, um, evidence cannot be solely DNA. There needs to be other evidence in cases and you need to be able to put together a more robust case, which helps, uh, which is why in some occasions police take longer than you would want them to in terms of creating a case. But it also means that there's more robust policing, which means that they're more likely to get the correct person for these crimes. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I'm not, we're not talking about this in this episode, but there have been instances in America where people have been wrongfully committed of uh, convicted of a crime and it's because of uh, substantial ev insubstantial evidence against them. Yeah. So this helps stop that. Um, and as well, um, I mentioned that there was the laws in Germany. I think it was like only last year they changed some of those uh, or 2018 that they changed some of those. So the police are now able to determine more than just gender from DNA. So they've loosened up on some of those. But they have, um, we spoke about um, Ancestry.com and websites like that. Um, that's now illegal in Germany. You can't do that. And this is all harkening back to Germany's history of World War II and the genetic experiments that the Nazis did. There's lots of rules around what you can't do there. Um, yeah. And I want to go back to my sidetrack because I, I didn't, I stopped myself earlier. The other mm -hmm. thing that's really creepy with, um, so when we were talking about clones, um, yeah. if you do a 3D, if you do a 3D modeling of yourself or you use some of these apps where you can do augmentations, in the fine print of some of those, they can, that means that the company can sell your face, your 3D rendering as an asset. And there has been oh. occasions where people have gone over to Asia and seen themselves in advertising because their 3D rendered asset has, they've given over the rights to that asset. So you Get could, yeah. So you could be selling hemorrhoid cream. You could be a, um, a person, spokesperson. Yeah. Person in a crowd. Like you could be selling lingerie, like, but just yeah. because you haven't read the fine print. So always read the fine print. It takes a lot of time, but always read it, guys. Yep. Click and accept. Click and accept. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the um, Phantom of Hellblown. Yeah. No, that didn't they do like a NCIS episode on this somehow? Yeah, I think that like, because this made international news back in yeah. um, 2008, 2011, like I looking, researching this, there was BBC articles, Guardian articles, like there was articles across the world about this. And like, um, it's something that is still being talked about. Like this was a really good learning exercise for investigation and in terms of like DNA testing. Um, okay. So there's still articles coming out which reference the Phantom of Helbron, uh, Hydron, um, yeah. to talk about this. But I, I just think that it's a it's a fascinating story. It's a really interesting site. Look at look at sort of like issues that can come across by not getting enough evidence and not not enough research. And it's something that really did shock. Like there was literally a panic in Germany about the Phantom. Wow. Like similar, um, similar to the, um, not quite the same, but similar to um, Jack the Ripper. It's like how yeah. that was like, oh, when's this person that's going to strike? Oh, uh, the other thing that um, in terms of like the testing, Bavaria didn't use the same supplier for cotton swabs, okay. which, is, which is why they didn't, uh, there weren't any cases in Bavaria. Huh. And it was all located in the southern part of Germany. Yeah, but I mean, 
maybe he didn't I mean I mean maybe that person didn't travel but then again France Austria so yeah, yeah it, it was just that yeah. the um those cotton swabs were being sold to those different company those different districts in that region because exactly the, yeah. yeah yeah crazy well i mean that that's an argument for why you want standardized laws <laughs> definitely um also I mean, this is an argument for if you do want to like we are not promoting criminality like on this podcast we are not promoting it but if you were to be a criminal get a part-time job at a swab factory that's all we're saying yep, yep. just then get you're yourself in the group and you're excluded get yourself on that list and then like i'm not saying that you won't be caught but it's just going to help you out a little bit yeah burn your clothes afterwards buy disposable clothing you know do a crime throw your clothes away burn them sand down your uh, your fingerprints frankenstein your fingerprints frankenstein <laughs> frankenstein your fingerprints <laughs> okay all right, we're 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 gonna end. <laughs> All right, as always, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Um, we do love your emails. Yeah, uh, find us on the social. Oh, and also, I said at the very beginning that I was gonna do a shout out to another podcast. Um, I, I was meant to do it at the beginning. I might add this in afterwards, but um, oh my god, wait, where's my phone? You've lost your phone. I've lost my phone. Okay. No, I just needed to remember the, the name of them. So uh, this, is, this is a guy and a girl in the States called Eerie and Absurd. That is not their okay. names. They have real names. Um, Aww. But, um, but that would be great if they were just called, hey, Eerie, hey, Absurd. Yeah. Uh, like a very Adams Family sort of duo there. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they do a podcast and it's all about like, sometimes they go into cryptids. Uh, like if you've enjoyed this episode where we're talking about true crime, they talk about cr true crime stuff. They also talk about like conspiracy theories and the weird and the wonderful. So um, eerie and absurd. Find them on like any good uh, podcast uh, purveyor that, that's yeah. out there. The same as service. us. Podcast service. Yep. If you are making a choice between which podcast to listen to, please choose us um, if it's a binary choice. But if you've got room for another podcast in your life, uh, give them a give them a listen. Mm. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. As always, like, yeah, stay safe out there. Look after yourselves. Um, hit us up on um, the Internet um, and we will see you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>